Dewey Dudes, episode 91. Welcome back, everybody. Today, we have an amazing guest. His name is Marcelo Gaia. He is the creative mind behind Mira Palais. And before we get into that interview, we just want to note that about maybe 15 minutes in, you're going you're gonna to notice a hiccup. Would you say, Emilio? You're going to notice that a There's shift, something a little different. A shift in the conversation, something the, in the timeline's not adding up. And that's because of, a, of an unfortunate disaster. It's the, uh, the great disaster of 2020. Evans, Evans got too many decks, too many, <laughs> too many decks saved on his MacBook that uh, 15 minutes in, unfortunately, his MacBook ran out of space and Marcelo's line cut out. And we were even gifted, gifted a warning from from God when you're. None of us realized his MacBook like made a noise, letting us know that it had stopped recording. We just kind of a cry for help, really. Yeah, that's really what it was doing. We we glossed over it and kept recording for about an hour, an hour and a half, until we finally realized that we weren't recording Marcelo's lines. So, like the pros. That we are, we 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 just kicked it off again, right where we left off. I was so embarrassed. I I could not. I wanted to. I wanted to KMS, as they say, <laughs> uh, just immediately because here we have one of the sweetest guys we've ever had on the pod, mm-hmm. and you know we were just like, dude, you can you can leave if you want to. <laughs> like <laughs> like you do not need to be here. We fucked up. We rarely, we rarely fuck up. Like I think we've, this has only happened like one, one or two times. Yeah, it's it's but, the, uh, the follow up to my to my erasing of the Hunter Harris episode. Marcelo is such a goddamn pro. He was like, oh no, that's fine. Let's just let's just pick up where we left off. Do it again. I mean, I imagine that guy has to jump through so many hoops, especially in like producing the amazing show that he did uh, for Spring Twenty Twenty Three mm-hmm. New York Fashion Week. Uh, that he was just like, all right, let's just make it different. And so basically what we did is we asked similar questions and because we were really enjoying the flow of it, but I was so impressed that he had different answers this time. Yeah. Um, no, it's, uh, but, um, it, ended up, it ended up being a great conversation nonetheless. Yeah. And uh, I'm kind of glad we're doing this now, though, this little opening to kind of lay everything out because I feel like I think I feel like we were sitting on this interview for a little bit because we were just like, all right, we have to go back and edit it, make make sure it, like the timeline feels uh, congruent. But also, I'm glad we're doing this now because I feel like I need to amend my dude of the week. Okay, uh, that follows up into the, in the interview later, just because I don't know if you've been paying attention to the news. Oh shit! That so much has happened in the last week in the world of fellas. Have you been noticing what? this? Dude, no, I have. I, what what's going on? <laughs> well, the thing is, as as listeners of the show know, uh, dude of the week isn't always an endorsement. Mm-hmm. But I mean, between between like news about Angelina Jolie coming out and uh, shedding some more light on oh. um, Brad Pitt's deadbeat father ass <laughs> uh, uh, like behavior, allegedly, between like. Kanye going like Chernobyl on everyone for not oh, fucking yeah. with his. I mean, that's the only, that's White Lives Matter. Yeah, vision. that's the only that's the only one I saw. I've been I've been really checked out. But uh, yeah, any any I feel like that. 
we're gonna go in and edit the There's, edit the episode title the vintner's deadbeat daughter deadbeat father <laughs> fuck deadbeat daughter she left me she left she left my dad my my dad ass um then what who else oh the try guys Did you pay attention to the try guys a little bit no dude i haven't had time what's up with the try guys oh my god they are doing they are doing a mandela effect on their now former uh co-host for his crimes of infidelity and in, uh dating his employee basically oh. they came out with this um this kind of like yo we're 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 here's an update about the scandal and it's like all three of them sitting there mm-hmm. basically like being as serious as possible i've never watched their show i don't know if it's a comedy i don't know if they kind of just like riff or like, or I don't know what the deal is, but the way they are like talking about this new season of the show that they're making, Mm -hmm. or I guess like the show they're making is they're editing out any instance of this guy on the show who was like a big figure. (laughs) Um, And I don't know all of like all of the intricacies of what went down, but for essentially, and anybody correct me if I'm wrong here, he, he basically cheated on his wife with an employee Mm-hmm. And his employee, which I know is a big no-no, like do not, do not, uh, fuck your employees. Yeah. But uh, the way they're sitting there makes it seem like, and like talk editing him out of this shit makes it seem as though the guy just like did, did, did a war crime. <laughs> like it's insane. But yeah. uh, maybe there's more to it that I don't know. And then um, finally, in the week of, in this week of dudes, you know, fucking are are. Um, fellow fellow uh, man of vanity looks Maxine King. Uh, it has come to my attention that Giselle oh. is leaving Tom Brady. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. I mean that one. I saw that one coming. Uh, yeah. I, I just I just can't unsee a photo of him at a at a, like a press conference after a game. Why is he look? Why does he look so gaunt? Like it, he looks unwell. I think I think uh, he sold a bit of his soul to to Trump, and uh, it's, it's catching up to him. It's the, I have no, no I have him. no idea why. I mean, I guess, yeah, I don't know. It's it's the constant surgeries, King. I mean, he just yeah, he looks he. I guess you can sum it up in that he looks like a forty five year old trying to look like a like a thirty. Like he's forty five. He looks he looks like he's trying to look like he's 30 you know yeah i just don't know how people's like cheeks get that like concave yeah like even if you are like i don't know a little a little anno with it like i understand like mm-hmm. you can like, walk around looking like a skeleton but um yeah i just don't know how how his face just keeps like morphing into that but uh i don't know he might anyway guy, my guy just needs to retire retire yeah what do you think it is? What do you think it is that compels someone to, to come out of their quiet retirement, like constantly? I mean, I think MJ was, um, that was a little different. Maybe he set a precedent there and he's different. Cause that's, that's, yeah. I mean, I don't know if he's different. Would you call Tom Brady, the Michael, Michael Jordan of football uh, Michael, as a my, sports enthusiast? Um, I've never been the biggest fan of Tom Brady, but I guess <laughs> look at us talking talking shop about football. Uh, but <laughs> but you know, I guess the man has won a lot of titles, has led a lot of teams. So I guess you could, I guess you could say that. But also playing football to the age of forty five, as opposed to mm. like playing basketball to the age that Michael Jordan did, which 
uh, I can't remember quite exactly, but it was still like, let me let, let me look this up real quick. Michael Jordan. Maybe it was 40, right? What? Was he really? Was like 30, oh, shit. Or maybe 39. Oh, shit. Okay. Because was... remember he had that stint at the Wizards and then... Oh, yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah, you're right. He was 40. All right. He was 40. But the thing is, all you got to worry about there is uh, like just breaking your ankles too many times and like maybe tearing an ACL. But like in football, your mind is shot at the mm-hmm. age of 45, especially maybe not so Dude, much for yeah. quarterbacks because... Yeah, they got, got... You know... Everybody else is shot protecting him. Yeah, exactly. But uh, yeah, I don't know. I think I just wonder, I, I need to ask myself how to keep motivated like Tom Brady, right? When you think you've achieved incredible heights, how do you keep pushing to I go think it's just further? I, I think it's, it's, it's an, it's all he's known. It's sort of like an addiction. It, it, it is like you're stimulated so much, like, on the field like there are so many highs constant highs like every week how do you just go from like having that all the time to nothing you know like it's yeah it's like in the way that like young musicians kind of also like like Bieber like freak out or like act out at a young age it's because like you're getting hit with so much dopamine like people just like screaming at such a young age that you get used to kind of having that like constant high. So I think, I think my man, Tom Brady's a little scared of what comes next. Yeah. It's kind of like another Tom, like Tom Cruise, you know, scaling the, the Burj Khalifa to just sit on top of it because he needs to chase that high. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but maybe here's my theory. Last thing we'll say about Tom Brady before we get into a, a fashion podcast, uh, <laughs> capital F, um, mm-hmm. uh, is that maybe, you know, how everyone was like, why is he coming out of his like, his his retirement or whatever i and that's why giselle's leaving him i think giselle was already leaving him i think this the yeah. timeline is giselle was leaving him and he was like all right i gotta do something yeah mate that's a theory yeah, i guess i never really thought about that i mean that would make a lot of sense hmm. but um yeah so i just man what it what a big l for dudes this week just uh, i don't know i don't know what to say about it I think we need like, there's a lot of, we talk about this later in the show with Marcelo because we get into cancel culture Mm. and uh, I think, well, the, this time of year, everybody is like really on edge because they're coming back from summer and they have this like big push before like the end of quarter four, before the holidays and everyone's on edge. And so like, I think there's also like people have this huge desire for some kind of blood sacrifice in I don't know. The guys we listed off, yeah, maybe they they deserve the criticism, whatever. But like, I think what we need to calm everybody down is just like, we need like a, a national week holiday. Everybody goes offline. <laughs> they take care of themselves. I don't know. I don't know what the solution is, but um, it's the Q. Marcelo, uh, it's the Q four massacre. Yeah. Well, I think Marcelo has some thoughts on uh, cancel culture later in the show that I've I've really. I I'm still sitting with because I feel like there was a time when I was kind of like a little bit more cynical, like, Oh, let's get done with the doxing. Let's get done with this shit. But, and I think he's there too, but also Mm -hmm. I understand that a lot of like a lot of, a lot of people are just looking to have their voices heard. And I guess that's, that's, that's what it is. King. That's what it is. But, um, Marcelo, what a damn professional. Uh, if you guys don't know who he is or what me or Pelé is, I can promise you, you've definitely seen his work as they've been worn by 
His work, his pieces have been worn by Kendall Gender, Ariana Grande, Gen- Bella Hadid, Dua Gender. Lipa, just to name a goddamn few. Um, but yeah, we get into the show. We talk about uh, the creative direction behind his spring 2023 show and the inspiration behind that. Mm-hmm. Uh, talk about his foray into designing menswear. He obviously drops the goddamn routine. Yeah. And uh, then we start. We, we also talk about dating for a little bit with our new segment, Dewey Dates. Big Dewey Dates segment. And yeah. Hair care. A lot of... Lot of- hair procedure procedural talk oh yeah definitely so we're continuing that uh that theme here on this show for all the fellas looking to get their hairline right uh Mm. and then um yeah we talk about i guess breaks in dating right Uh yeah um but yeah everybody enjoy enjoy this interview again it's we already talked about this at the beginning of the show but uh piecing things together some housekeeping totes have been sent because Emilio was a goddamn king and sent that shit off hats redrop very soon uh-huh. discord hop into that a community is being built there don't miss and out. if you are a fan of this show go into Spotify go into Apple give us five stars and leave a review hell yeah anything else that's it let's get into the show But they're really good because she's whispering the whole time. Mm. And um, and oh, uh, somebody did send. Yeah, somebody sent us wow. that. I remember yeah. That. So Yo, I love like I love one. a queen trying to get her body count up. You know. <laughs> 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 yeah, we're all about throwing numbers on the Yo, board. Dude, yeah. <laughs> no. no, no. Oh, that's a great way to get into this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, quick thing, you know, if we're looking at our phones, it's because I got my notes. Out. Yeah, because okay, we're bored we're as fuck. No. <laughs> yeah, I, it's, okay, it right. seemed that way. I didn't think you guys were scrolling through Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right, Evan, you want to? Looks, it looks like you got a little intro. I really don't have you an don't? intro. Okay. I was just gonna say that we are here with Marcella Gaia, the creative mastermind behind Mir Palais, hot off of his. Very successful spring 2023 show. Thank you. How are you doing, King? I'm doing really well. Um, I feel very grateful and overall just humbled by the experience of doing my first runway show. And so I'm just in a very happy and surprisingly calm place in my life right now which is really nice yeah what was the what was the uh like the lead up to it was i imagine it was incredibly hectic it was so crazy it was really intense we had like a team of i don't even know at this point like almost 20 people in my office in and out working on this night and day and the the evening leading up to the show i was like i didn't sleep i was like texting with um with uh one of my drapers who was working on like this dress that got messed up and so we're like texting all throughout the night i was like laying in bed like kind of want like kind of dozing off but not really it was like a is this one dress 
um, Halsey actually ended up wearing it last week, but okay. funny enough, um, <laughs> it's, it's like, it's, it's basically at 20% and it's two o'clock in the morning and we're messaging and she's like working mm-hmm. on it, working on it three o'clock, four o'clock, five o'clock percent. She's sending progress pictures and I'm like, move this here, more ruffles here. And then at 6 a.m. there was a pass off. We called an Uber. So she's like, all right, I, I've done as much as I can do. So we're going to pass. It was like a relay race. Oh so we God. pass it off to the next, to the, to my pattern maker. And so it gets sent in an Uber from uh, wherever. She, she's somewhere in Brooklyn, probably like more like around here, Greenpoint area. And then it goes all the way towards like Howard Beach, like that area. What? Um and in an Uber, so that took about an hour for it to get there. And then I'm texting. Then I'm texting with B, the the, the powder maker. And so we're texting from like 7 a.m. when she got it to like 8 a.m. And then by 8 a.m. I'm at the venue, so I'm still texting with her. And mm. I'm like, okay, move this here. <laughs> um, and then at, after a certain point, the show was at uh, the show was at two. So at like one, I was like, all right, you're about an hour away, so <laughs> we probably <laughs> got to bring the dress here. Yeah, and. Um, the the show actually started at 2 30 p.m that's like when lights camera you know mm-hmm. that's actually started and the, the dress arrived at like two something um we we put it on on my my friend was wearing that dress my friend lauren fern and um we i i, I came backstage she was in it she was zipped in it it fit amazing it was not done but it still looked incredible and it walked down the runway so it was just like stuff like that where yeah. it's just like really down to the wire but Mm-hmm. You know, thanks to all of the amazing people, um, Becca, uh, or she, she goes by Becky. Um, she was the one working on it, like in the first shift. And then mm-hmm. B, uh, my pattern maker, she was the one who kind of, you know, brought it home. And so it was just having that team to rely on. I just like, I'm so grateful. Like that couldn't have happened without them being as passionate as they were. Yeah, that is an incredible story. That's, that's And then a the week later, Halsey wore it. Wow, yeah, a lot of a uh, lot of it girls mm-hmm. wearing wearing uh, wearing your designs. How do you uh, how do you how do you feel about that? Is there anyone left? Yeah, that's what it's <laughs> like. We we could run through the list and yeah, we could. We did it earlier. And we couldn't. We we were like, who else? Who else is there? No, there's there's so many people. I really want Zoe Kravitz to wear something. Rihanna. Oh, Beyonce. I mean, there's a lot of. Yeah, there's a lot of amazing cool binders women of women out there. Out there. <laughs> okay, <laughs> <laughs> right. take it easy. Um, <laughs> um, no, I uh, I feel really good. It's 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 a really validating feeling, mm-hmm. like seeing you know the the coolest women out there like fucking with my vibe. You know, like, yeah, it makes me feel like very much like I'm doing the right thing, and that I. Um, should just keep going. It's very motivating. Yeah. Well, hell yeah. Well, let's put a pin in this conversation and open up the show mm-hmm. with, okay. with skincare. We, we're going to go back to asking you all the things, <laughs> all things you, mm-hmm. how you're feeling in in this moment. But let's let's kick off the show with opening segment. Drop the skincare routine. This is a skincare podcast. Yeah, it's the biggest skincare podcast. In, you yeah in Latin America and the US. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so I am, I am a biologique recherche, um, disciple. (laughs) So I, I go to, um, I go to this facialist. Her name is Mandy. She's in Fort Lee and her spa is called the art of beauty. And, um, 
I would be nothing without her. She, I see her at least like once a month mm-hmm. and she, it's, it's like a spiritual experience going in there. Um, she looks at my skin and, and we address whatever my needs are. So I usually, I do like micro needling once a month. Oh shit. Um, obviously not in the summer. Mm-hmm. And then we do, she has like, <laughs> she has, it's texture baby. <laughs> it's New York. Um, <laughs> She has this, like, I call it like a Frankenstein machine. Um, and it's like a microcurrent, I guess. Okay. So, um, you can like literally taste like metal the in your metal, mouth. Yeah. Yeah. When I don't, do you guys know that machine, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. She like wets a sponge and then there's an <laughs> oh electric current God. going through it. It's not <laughs> like, I don't know. Sometimes I think I'm going to pass away when it's happening, but, um, <laughs> especially like when she goes towards my like skull, kind of like hurts, but, um, it lifts. It definitely lifts. It visibly lifts. Like she'll yeah. show me one half of my face and one half will Damn. be like completely oh like And then the other half will look super dreepy in comparison. And so um, we play around with that sometimes. And um, she's like constantly learning about new techniques. And so every time I go in, I feel like we're kind of, uh, we're kind of trying something a little bit new, something, mm-hmm. something that she's, she's developed or, something you know some some sort of new facial technique that's been sort of administered to the to the biologique you're a little lab rat yeah well i'm i willing like i'm so down i'm so willing to to try anything with her i really trust her Mm. and um she's she uh really emphasizes to me how it how it's truly like a collaboration because when you go home it's like you don't have your facialist working with you you have to do the work yourself and so i try to be really religious about you know you know cleansing and 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 treating my skin so i'll do um i use basically just the biologique line um and so i'll do like a little uh mask vivant or mask vip like once or twice a week and like some some serums and i'm not too crazy with it but i'm like really consistent mm-hmm. um and every time i'm there she always has like a new product for me and i'm like for fuck's sake um <laughs> not another one put it on the card <laughs> um and we do yeah i mean usually sometimes i mean she's very respectful too sometimes i'll just be like i'm not gonna use that it's never gonna happen for me you yeah. know it's it's been really good and it's been a journey because i used to have really bad skin in, in high school and it was like a huge insecurity for me i had really bad texture mm. and like scarring and now Mandy's the reason why all of your skincare woes went away. Well, not exactly, oh, okay. but she's gotten me to a place where I am like, like before I started seeing her, I, like I, I've been taking care of my skin. I've always taken care of my skin. I was like, uh, like, okay, first of all, I think I invented slugging in, Slug. yeah, in like 2004, I used to pick my skin really badly. And so like, rather than, you know, I, I would put on like Vaseline, like on like wherever, mm-hmm. but because that was all over my face, I just was like, okay, at this point, I'm just going to smear Vaseline all over my face. And so that was when I invented slugging in my mind. Um, and <laughs> Uh, and I didn't read it somewhere. I just was like, oh, this will, this will help balance me out. And, um, 
I just would try anything to get my skin under control. Like I, one time I ordered this, it was essentially, like it was from some random website. I, I don't know where I found it, but it was like mushed up fruity pebbles in what? like some made up packaging. Um, and it was supposed to be like, it, you know, a miracle cure for acne. And I, I just, I remember, what? cause I remember the smell, it smelled like fruity pebbles and I like was, did not work at all. Um, there was like this Mario Badescu, um, oh, like no. magic powder <laughs> or something. It was like a drying powder or something. Right. And so I would take yeah. the powder and like <laughs> dust it all over my, my, my approach to skincare was like do the entire face. Yeah. Um, I, um, there, there's, a. did you cop this, uh, Mario Badescu when you Urban worked Outfitters. at Urban Outfitters? No, no. This or were they selling before. skincare at that point? They were not. First of all, they, this is pre skincare. This is pre Urban Outfitters. I think I was like 14 or 15 when I really started to like oh, try okay. to figure out, like troubleshoot, like what is going on with my skin. Mm-hmm. And, um, there Damn, were, this is 2000 Mario at 14. Damn. Well, I was online. I was like trying to, I was trying to find a solution. This is like 2004, 2005. This is before like the beauty influencer. It's like where people are talking about skincare online. No, no. What were your resources? What were you looking for? Like forums. Okay. It was like shitty HTML websites Mm -hmm. where someone was giving like terrible skin advice. And um, I, I tried a lot of things. I, there was a beauty supply next to my high school. And they sold uh, skin bleach. And so I was using some random product, like definitely not FDA approved on my skin. I remember it like burnt off a whole layer of my skin. And uh, I loved it because like it was evening out my complexion. Um, I was really reckless like with like getting my skin to, to uh, stay homeostasis, I guess. Um, <laughs> It wasn't until um, I learned like less is more, and obviously your your hormones are crazy when you're a teenager. And so I, I started using um, like Cer- CeraVe. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is like before, you know, like this is like when I before think, it became like a big TikTok. Brand. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I think mm-hmm. your dermatologist would just kind of recommend it every once in a while. And so I got myself to a place where I didn't have like intense acne anymore. Um, I was just kind of left over with these scars, and so I had like decent skin it wasn't until i started seeing mandy that like she completely resurfaced the skin and 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 completely balanced it um so i was doing okay but now i'm doing phenomenal and it's thanks to her so i'm 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 really glad that uh that i got that introduction hell yeah well off pod you were telling us about (laughs) this hair care treatment you got yeah was it this year was it last year this was in 2020 i felt like i was going bald Going bald, (laughs) no, extreme. No, yeah, I just I could see male experience. Yeah, I I, it was I was actually really scary, like feeling that kind of it's it's like it's kind of for me it felt really humiliating. It it almost was like a uh, like a rehashing of like all that trauma that I got the first time I started noticing that I had acne. I was just Mm. like every I was very egocentric, but I felt like everyone can see it. Like it's, it's like my life is over, mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. I was really upset about it. Um, and then I started doing some research and I went to uh, Dr. Wise in Wayne, New Jersey. Um, we did a, a PRP treatment 
with, um, I was telling you guys, with placenta. <laughs> and uh, we don't know where the placenta <laughs> comes from, but it uh, it was this really amazing, like, process that actually really worked. And um, they, like, took my blood and, like, spun it in a centrifuge. Is that a word? Centrifuge? Yeah, it's, that, yeah, yeah it's definitely yeah, yeah. a word. I think that's exactly what it is, I think that's what it, yeah. Okay. Yeah, so that sounds, sounds very smart in uh it's not like an engineer when you say it. Yeah. <laughs> no, for some I, reason, like centrifuge, like I associate it with like nuclear weapons. Yeah, yeah. No, I know. I feel like my brain expanding when I say it. Mm-hmm. So yeah. they mix that with the placenta and I looked crazy after. I they, they, they sent you home with some of your own blood that you have to put like into your scalp and you have to massage it into your scalp mm-hmm. and it smells really weird. I told you guys that I secretly like the smell, yeah. but um, <laughs> that's, you know, just the Dahmer over here. No, I'm kidding. I'm no, kidding, I'm kidding. Like, you know, it's, it, it was my own blood. Um, it smelled like iron. Yeah. And, right. um, and so you, uh, you, you do that for two days. You can't wash your hair for two days. Mm-hmm. And, and then like, it, it was a few, a few weeks, like months. And I just, it, it just, I looked in the mirror and I didn't, I didn't see what I was seeing anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, they also prescribed finasteride. And so I've been taking that ever since. And um, so I, it really worked. It like restored, like I, I felt like I was thinning right like at my hairline and yeah. I could see my scalp when I looked in a mirror, to, especially in certain, like, when the in, like over, lights hit. in an overhead lighting, like I could like see it. Yeah. And so every time I passed a mirror, I was like, staring at that spot it was Mm -hmm. it was becoming like an obsession and uh you know shortly after that procedure it 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 doesn't bother me me anymore and i I do think that it grew back and so i feel really good about it and i i I called them about doing because you're supposed to do it like once a year i called them about doing a um a (laughs) follow-up and they told me that there is like a placenta shortage yes (laughs) the supply chain ain't working right for the placentas yeah well she was like well you know with covid and everything it's been hard for us they're gonna give you that placenta dupe yeah, so there are no placenta. They they um they they mentioned there was another thing that they were doing, but I didn't end up doing it. But I, I do want to go back. <laughs> no, I wonder if uh, I wonder if the other thing, I wonder if the other thing is so okay. The thing I don't know if I mentioned the term for the the procedure. <laughs> no, procedure sounds so intense. The treatment I had the surgery it's had. called mesotherapy. I it wonder. Might, it might be that. I wonder yeah. if maybe that's it because it sounds like whatever you got is a more intense version. Of she said what it was. Had. She said it was cheaper. She was like, "It's more affordable." Okay. Like so, in that way, it's better. Yeah, I got that cheap shit. No, no, <laughs> she's, no. She was like, "You're getting." She was like, "You're still getting an effective treatment, and yeah. we're offering basically a lower price point treatment, which okay. is great." Um, because it, it was expensive. It was five thousand dollars? Yeah. Which is how a much? Lot. Are, how much are plugs? Aren't they like twenty grand? Plugs also like you don't like I. Everyone's getting plugs. They should try this first. They should try going bald. No. <laughs> just, yeah, go bald. Well, were, were you like... Where are our bald so your hair kings? was thinning, but are, were you... No one... But mind you, like, no, I would, I would like, complain to people about it, and no one would, like, take... Like, no one would indulge me. Gaslighting like, you. No, they're all like, you no, it. you look great, blah, I complained blah, blah. about it. I complained about it, too, but I, I don't know if I... And, yeah, yeah I'm Amelia's gaslighter. Well, did I ever show you that photo of like, because when I first went, so before I started getting this done, I went and I had like a consultation and this, I don't know what, I just call her my hair doctor. My hair doctor kind of like looked through my hair, but what she did is she like combed it all back. Is it still recording? Oh, it's definitely still recording. Okay. Okay. You sure? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm keeping my eye on it. 
Are we going to yeah. tell them? We should tell them. Oh yeah, we uh We'll mention it. For the for the yeah, for the for the listeners, <laughs> we're repeating everything we already said word for word <laughs> cuz the uh the when uh, Marcelo's line ac- accidentally cut out uh towards the end of the podcast. Now I feel like I I know Marcelo so much better. I feel so Exactly. Uh, I feel more comfortable with him. There's going to be more nuance this time. There yeah. will be. It'll be less like uh your less of an interview. Yeah, I think even though I'm, it is. I think I'm feeling like I have to be less proper at this point. Mm, yeah, it's, yeah, it's going to be it's going to get it's going to be unhinged. No, <laughs> but all right, enough about my my hair story. Were you uh so it was thinning but like were you at risk of completely going bald like is that something that's your your family is prone to oh well so my dad for as long as i can remember after every shower every single shower this man takes he lays on his bed with his head hanging off the bed (laughs) and he combs through his hair with his fingers and does a massage scalp massage okay wow which is so funny because i never really thought about how fucking vain that is Mm -hmm. and i mean i completely relate i don't think that i have the dedication did he lay down to get like the blood like yeah so he would lay with his head hanging off the bed and would massage it for Mm -hmm. i mean he goes at it for like five to ten minutes Um, and, but after every single shower and he still has his hair, his, my grand, both of my grandfathers are, are bald. So it was looking bad for me, but I just knew deep down in my heart, like, cause people would threaten me with it. My family, well, you know, your grandparents are bald and I just feel that's, that's their problem. Like that's never going to happen to me. Mm -hmm. I will never go bald. And to this day, I still feel the same. I won't go bald. And maybe it's because I will become successful enough that i can get plugged or something (laughs) but i just it was it felt like it was never in my plan to go bald and i don't think that there's anything wrong with going bald i just don't think i would look that cute bald yeah so i mean not like i would look like a serial killer i think i i I know my head has a weird shape because i think like my my parents laid me like on one side way more you're right you're supposed to like rotate the baby. yeah well i used to bang my head against the wall my sister told That'll me when too. i was little so i think i have uh-huh. like way too many dents on my head oh yeah. yeah or if you have like like little cysts you need to get rid of like myself i like little cysts that are oh, like really they pop up once in a while there's one really big one i need to get removed they're called sebaceous cysts and you just go to a oh, dermatologist yeah. they cut them out oh yeah um but like oh, uh yeah if i cysts. if i were like a bald man bro you would be able to see that do you think you would get them would though if you people. had if you didn't have hair though because yeah because it's like the, all the oil from like, the, yeah right? the clogged i don't know the science behind it but um <laughs> it sounds like no matter what for balding people you have to become intense about it one way or another so either you're you're getting you're getting the marcello treatments and you're popping pillies finasteride mm-hmm. or you're trying to create yourself you, you have to make yourself a person who looks good bald which would mean either shaving it all off I mean, and then getting re- like becoming a gym cell tatted up yeah tattoos no, like a really nice beard nice beard uh-huh. yeah you have to like it, it is it I understand why people have so much like anxiety around it and why it makes them like 
yeah. just go insane in other I ways. I feel good about it right now, which yeah, is... Yeah, the hair is looking... Yeah, your hair looks great. Thank you. Sick. Yeah, I, I think it... I really think that that treatment worked, and I think the finasteride is working. Yeah. Um, but I, you were saying, like, you lose a lot of hair. Like, I lose a shit ton of hair. Are you still losing a lot of hair? Yeah, just oh. everywhere. It's, like, all over this couch. Like it's, <laughs> I lose Damn, a lot dashboard of Dashboard confession over here. Your hair is everywhere. <laughs> Um, uh, shit. Well, you know what would fix that? The treatments I got. I like my hair falls out a lot. Like, le- it still falls out when I shower, but like a lot, a lot less. And I think my the biggest problem I had was that, like, it was it was thinning from like the amount of hair I was like losing. Because I don't think I don't think I would go bald. I, I mean, no one in my family is bald. But, um, what? What do you? Uh, no, I just love. I love like everyone's will. They're like. I'm not going. I'm not bald. going. Not bald. Well, you know? no, yeah, you have yeah. to manifest. You do. Well, you, like, really, you do. You really do. I mean, the reason why I even got a consultation because I was like, okay, no one in my family's bald. Why am I losing? Why am I losing a lot of hair? Something's Brody, you're not stressed, right here. man. You're stressed, kid. It was that stress. Yeah, it was that that stress of the IRS hunting me down every <laughs> every, every um, order. Well, speaking of stress, <laughs> you just had an, an amazing, successful show. Congrats on that. I know Thank we mentioned you. that earlier. Um, but I was really curious about what was that? <laughs> I said, we did just go over this. It feels like deja vu. <laughs> you know, I just, I would love to talk about it again. You know, <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to try to be as emphatic as I possibly can. Mm-hmm. The The show was, the show was Sick. for me, like an experience that I think will st- stay with me for the rest of my life. I don't, I don't think that I can express like how, um, how intense of a process having a runway show of the capacity that we did um, in New York City is. It's a it's a huge investment financially, and it was one of the first times where I had I, there there was a massive crew, um, I, you know, working on the show, and, and it dawned on me when I was leaving the the venue after the show was that I didn't I didn't even know like half the people who were there. I didn't even know their names. Like that's and that's such a strange thing as a as a mm-hmm. small business and mm-hmm. to be working on a project with all of these people and I don't even know half of them, which is like a testament to like what a big endeavor it was. And yeah. I couldn't have done it without each and every single one of them. Um, I remember at one point I saw a bunch of dudes sitting around and we needed all of the, um, you know, like in a church you have all of the, um, pews? like the, in the pews you have like a, like a, uh, like a pamphlet of like oh, the yeah. church. Yeah. And so those needed to be removed. So I was like, Hey, yeah, you guys, can you help me? Because I was taking them and they were like sitting, not mm-hmm. doing anything. Um, but anyway, I digress. <laughs> yeah. um, it must have been AV. Hey, if you need if you need some uh, good PAs, hit me up next. <laughs> yeah. And, yeah, no, I was just like, hey guys, can you help me out with those things? Um, <laughs> but I um, I learned a lot about myself and about basically like the this is gonna sound so cheesy but just like the power of like a team and of teamwork and Mm. and how deeply connected i am with my team now after this experience um i keep like telling people this but like it feels like before the show i'd been doing this brand for it'll be three years now and it just always felt like i was the only person i could rely on Mm -hmm. um and after getting through this show i i i realized like it's not just me anymore like i it's it's all of us like it's we it's we like now when i talk about the brand instead of saying like i am like I have to say we, it's us Mm -hmm. because I couldn't do it without them. And I feel very like deeply humbled and, 
and grateful. Like I'm in like this deep, deep mode of like just being grateful for what I have and for the experiences that I'm so lucky to have. Um, and it wouldn't be without that amazing support. Shit, did we get to talk about the dress in, in the last recording? Or? I think we did in the beginning. Oh, we okay. opened up, we, we asked, we said, oh, okay. uh, how was the show? And then you told us about basically like the sisterhood of the traveling fucking dress in yeah. Brooklyn <laughs> and Manhattan and oh, getting yeah. that. And honestly, I, all right, well, well, so we want, got that. You want some new content in here? What's the new content? What? Nothing. What's what's no. <laughs> we can either edit this say. out. Well, you know what's really funny is I feel like during Fashion Week, um, I was out of town and uh it usually just like really like comes and goes and there's just so much press about it. And your show was the only one I remember seeing online. And it was with that dress. <laughs> that dress that we're talking about. That's yeah. The, the yeah. ruffle one. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that's really cool. You know what's what's interesting and in, is that Initially, I thought doing the show during Fashion Week, it was going to be like my moment to like really debut into the New York fashion scene. And I thought I would have the support of the CFDA and of Vogue and of all of these like New York institutions. And I actually didn't end up getting any of that support, really. Hmm. And um, at first I was like kind of upset about it. And then I kind of realized that this experience was more so about just the growth that I ended up experiencing and that I ended up sharing with my team. Like it was, it became more so about that and being grateful for what I do have Mm -hmm. and less so about like thinking about what I don't have and what I didn't achieve. And, um, but then as far as like with the internet, like I've always had the support of like, basically the internet, you know, Mm -hmm. um, that's how my brand has come to be where it is today, just through people sharing stuff. I mean, that's what the, that's, that's the nature of virality, right? It's people keep sharing something. That's what makes it viral. And Mm -hmm. so I've always had the support that I've needed since pretty much the beginning. And I think I was wanting support from the establishment and Mm -hmm. I didn't end up getting that support. And rather than being bitter about it, I'm more just kind of like, wow, like I, I don't need it. Like I, 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 the second that images started going up, it was like, my phone was like, after the show, my phone was like, it was like a nuclear bomb was detonated. Like I couldn't open anything like hundreds of messages, hundreds of tweets, like, uh, uh, tags, like all day, like for, for the first 48 hours, like I just, would look at my phone and like, I guess smile cause it's exciting. And then also just be really overwhelmed and close it. Cause there was like, yeah. there was no way to like look at anything, but, and you can't even, you can't pay for that, mm-hmm. you know? So it, it was really so cool. And I'm so grateful that people like really fuck with the vision and that they like it so much that they feel like they're, they feel like they're a part of it. And so they share it. And, um, so I'm like, I feel so like lucky and so blessed that I, that I have that kind of, that support from so many people, from people I don't even know. And to me, I think that's more valuable than any sort of, you know, big industry publication supporting me. Like I, yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, so I'm, I'm happy that you, that you said that cause that's how I wanted it. Well, I think there's something like, um, just the look of, of your show 
and I know we talked about this before we fucked everything up with the the, the line, but like, stop referencing it. all right, we'll stop referencing it. Um, just like the look of this show, like just the creative direction really, like really kind of spoke to me, I think specifically with that dress too, because mm-hmm. it was like, it kind of felt like a big, like Monica Bellucci kind of thing. No, wait, that dress is inspired by a picture of Monica Bellucci. Oh, is it? Oh, yeah. Shit. She's yeah. wearing a, she's wearing like a burgundy flower on her neck and she has this like burgundy blouse. And so I designed that dress and it, it was going to be in black, but I was at a, a, a fabric flower um, shop called Emma Schmalberg. They're like this, a super old, um, a New York institution. They've been doing flowers for like fabric flowers for over a hundred years. No, you're not going to hear it for over a hundred years. And, um, so we, I was there with, with, um, some, some of my employees and we were doing like a pull for flowers just for styling. Right. And, um, and, uh, one, uh, on a fair, one of my my assistant art directors, she she found this burgundy flower, and mm. I was like, oh my god, that reminds me of this flower that Monica Bellucci wore in uh, this photo. And I had recently come across the photo, so it was in like it was on my phone. Yeah. And so I was like, fuck, why don't we do that dress instead of doing it in black? We'll do it in burgundy to match this flower. I love that you said that because that was a direct Monica Bellucci reference. I feel like there's a lot of magic behind this show. I mean, as we were talking before, but like you finding the venue. Everything kind of like clicking and coming together and the whole thing turning into like a really spiritual journey as opposed to just like putting on this like hectic production. Right. Yeah. Everything that has happened to me with this brand has always been just like a sort of a full surrender to whatever is meant to be will be. Mm-hmm. And rather than fighting the wind, just going with it. And so with, with this, I, um, I, I had, I had started the concept for this collection actually with my last collection. Um, we, uh, we, we shot the collection on my friend, Daniela Garza, um, in Mexico in San Miguel de Allende. And, um, the styling was inspired by, by, um, by, a lot by her. She she curates vintage um, and antique rosaries and makes her own sort of her own jewelry that's very heavily inspired by Catholicism and mm-hmm. by um, by religious motifs. And so we kind of mix that styling in um, with this sort of like Latin countryside provincial look, and mm-hmm. it. It was shot in San Miguel, which is a, a 16th century or 15th century super religious city. It's there's like a church every few blocks, and I think just being in that environment and then releasing that 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 content and releasing all that imagery, it sparked this whole controversy about our involved our sort of relationship with Catholicism and using that imagery. And mm-hmm. the two of us, uh, Danielle and I, were very kind of protective and and defensive about it because you know growing up in the church and being as absolutely terrified by it and and kind of repressed by it you get this sense of sort of entitlement in terms of like how you get to tell your story it's very much my religious trauma is very much a part of my story so Mm -hmm. if i want to show the church in the way that i see it that's that's a that's me telling my own story so for someone to 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 kind of tell me that i'm not allowed to do it it, is is kind of it really sets me off and so i started to realize 
how important it was for me to actually tell my story. I didn't just want to create images and use the 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 prettiness of the Catholic Church to yeah. to decorate with it, it. It felt very much like an authentic expression of what to me is beautiful and yet polarizing and interesting. And so when I started to design this collection, I was referencing very obvious religious motifs like or and characters. I have a dress in the collection called the Virgin Mary dress and it basically looks like the Virgin Mary and and there's a Mary Magdalene dress and I I I created these figures because it was just something that was inside of me that I wanted to express. And then a friend of mine, Christina, she's a model. She she was in the show and I was showing her the collection and um, she was the one who who told me like, well, why don't you try doing it in a church? It never even dawned on me to yeah. to do the show in the church. Honestly, I it, it never occurred to me. And I was like, that's a cool idea. We presented it to our production company. They proposed a couple of churches to us. And so we went to see a couple of them and we ended up landing on this Episcopal church called the Church of Ascension. And we were welcomed with open arms. It was pretty crazy for me because I the, the contact there uh, was a brother. He is married to a man and he started telling me about this church in particular, how it, they have female bishops, they have gay priests. And mm-hmm. I realized that I had never felt so safe and comfortable inside of a church before. And I go into churches all the time. I, I, I feel very, I still feel like that even as oppressive as they have been to me, like I still feel like it's home. Mm -hmm. So whenever I'm traveling or even like when I'm in the city, like if I pass by a church I haven't been into, like I'll, I'll stop in and I'll, I'll like light a candle and, and, and think of, of my grandparents or anyone who I love, um, who's passed or who is maybe like just needs a prayer. Like I, I still honored the traditions and try to show that respect, um, but to have been welcome in that way, like I, we were doing a walkthrough and someone who was at the walkthrough was like pointing to, there was a Black Lives Matter flag and a pride flag right on the entrance. And they were like, oh, we can take those down, right? And I was like, why would we take these down? You know what I mean? Like those are like, the, that that's beautiful. That makes me like this place even more. And, um, and so doing the show in the church itself, I, upon completion, I, I, I composed the music um, with Richie Quake and we started, we kind of went in this really dark direction. The collection itself was also much darker than I had done in the past. Um, and so we had this really ominous music playing. It was very much like inspired by the craft and um, kind of like gothic vampire sounds and mm-hmm it only occurred to me afterwards that I think that I was sort of referencing like my, my dark and sort of tumultuous relationship with the church itself and how I wanted people to feel that when they were experiencing the show. And then it transitions to the very end when I, I show the bride, which is a, a white version of the Virgin Mary dress that Cindy Kimberly wore. And the music turns into this really soft, hopeful melody and, and then by the end of the show, we're all we were all like weeping, and, and it felt like I had just gone through, like reliving the chi- the 
trauma of my childhood mm. and that I finally was able to see the light at the end of the tunnel. And so the whole process was just deeply cathartic and super meaningful. And uh, I feel like a lot of people on, they didn't, they might not even understood why so many people came up to me and they were like, I was crying and this is so emotional. And I think that they may have, ended up receiving my message without even knowing wow. um, yeah. like what the message was. They just felt that relief at the end. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, so it felt very much like the, the closing of, of, of a chapter. And um, now I'm kind of excited for what's next. Hell yeah. Well, speaking of new chapters, um, this is in this show, first show, but you also presented some, some menswear pieces and yes. We have a question for you because we know all all of your all of the the very beautiful A list it <laughs> girls have been seen in your pieces. Um, what it boys would you like to see wearing your design? So um, I am obsessed with Manu Rios. Um, I think he is like the picture of perfection, and so. I would love for him to wear something. And so I kind of think of him when I'm designing stuff, like would, would Manu wear this? He listens to the pods. So he does. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, but in all honesty, I actually am still figuring out who he is. I feel really confident and clear about who like the mirror Palais woman is. Mm-hmm. I, I grew up with, with women like my entire life. All my best friends are women. my, I was raised by my mom and my sister and I, I feel like a deep intimate connection to the divine feminine. It's very like inherent to me. Whereas with men and masculinity and that that's like actually something that I'm still figuring out. Mm-hmm. And so I think with the line itself, I am like, I, I released some pieces just as part of the show, but we won't actually release the menswear collection until next year because I, I just need more time to sort of figure out who he is. And I'm still figuring out what, what that line is meant to be and who it's meant to serve. Mm -hmm. I think that in some ways launching this menswear collection is like a way for me to connect with myself and maybe like the men around me through the experience of, of 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 all of the of all the collections I've done in the past with the women's wear, I feel like I've met so many amazing women, and it's helped teach me so much about myself. Even just with my team, my team is predominantly women, and I've learned so much about being more patient and being more kind and being more grateful and i just i'm i'm hoping that this next chapter will will sort of allow me to sort of grow my relationship with just my 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 boy self i guess <laughs> i don't know Can you i don't know how the, to with put the that. boys yeah. the boy yeah, yeah. The, the, the boy in all of us well speaking of menswear we're curious like like what do you think of the state of menswear right now like or is there anyone that's like in menswear that's kind of an inspiring you anyone anything about menswear at all that's that feels exciting to you yeah i really like ludovic uh sensernin like i like 
uh, I think I, I hope I said his name right. Um, I met him in uh, in Paris like a few seasons ago, and he was so sweet. I, I went to his after party, and I was shocked at like how nice he was. Like, um, and there was like so many beautiful guys at that party, and it's like this whole other world that I feel like very much like not a part of. Mm-hmm. Um, I like I said, I don't have like any guy friends. I don't have any really any like gay guy friends either. So to me, I I feel very much like an outsider on all of these kind of subcultures. Mm-hmm. But I, I love what he's doing because it it's very like it seems like very authentic to him, which is always exciting when you see someone like really living their truth and like being a hundred percent themselves. Like it it shows, and um, I think that there are a lot of like obviously there are a lot of different tribes you can kind of ascribe to. And there's like your Kanye West kind of clone <laughs> disciple types, you know, and then there's like your hype beast people, the people who are like obsessed with sneakers and streetwear. And then you have like your Bodhi guys and, um, we love a Bodhi guy. Yeah. Um, but I feel like Bodhi, I feel like, uh, that's like the, they get duped just like in the same way that like your your designs get duped like Bodie's like now getting like bitten yeah. Oh, really yeah definitely yeah I think so I mean at least like all the all the lace stuff wow um, but anyway continue no no that's it sucks and especially because with the whole point of like Bodie is to use you know vintage of, textiles yeah. and it's kind of redundant if like some fast fashion company is like knocking off of like one of it's like it's like it ends up it in I, I talked about this in a TikTok once about like as a designer mm-hmm. you especially like when you're getting knocked off like you end up like inadvertently participating in the fast fashion cycle mm-hmm. and it's like without your own permission right. you know like you're yeah. you're being kind of um you're 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 being included for something you didn't sign up for yeah so you're paving uh, the way forward for them oh yeah 100 percent. so i'm supplying these fast fashion retailers with new designs yeah. like regularly and uh and then that has a trickle down effect there's someone working in a factory for little to no wages making a watered down version of my design or an exact replica just with cheaper materials and poorer construction but it's like it's really kind of mind-boggling um, how deep it ends up going, but um, I just as as far as like with men's wear today, I think that there are feel like it feels like there's more options today today than ever. I grew up shopping in the women's section um, at thrift stores. That mm-hmm. was like the best fit I was gonna find. I'm a tall, slender guy, mm-hmm. and. Um, so I grew up wearing like old lady clothes. Um, and so it's kind of exciting to see that there are more options now for guys than ever. I think it's actually like really exciting. And so I, I want to be like mindful and considerate about how I enter that space and making sure that I'm, I'm creating something that serves a purpose. Um, a lot of people are asking me for the menswear line. Mm-hmm. I was asking myself for the menswear line because I wanted cool clothes to wear too. Um, and so I am kind of just, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm curious to see how it continues to evolve. I think more brands 
are are kind of diving into to menswear mm. and it might have something to do with the way that men consume is kind of changing there's like male influencers now which like look at us no I'm just kidding. Okay. <laughs> yeah. um, the we, male influencer is like is interesting we got yeah we got it all we got to bring an end to that no, <laughs> like there it's it's there it, it, there's something in like inherently un masculine about being yeah. oh, a male influencer, oh, we, right? we talk about a lot like yeah, posting face as a guy you know as a straight guy it's like that is king what are you doing yeah so yeah. It, but and it, so it, it it is it's part of this shift in culture and so um i am curious to see where it goes and and like yeah like i said i, I hope that i can i can contribute in a way that's that's meaningful um to the conversation but I think that my point of view is uh, it's unique to me, but I think also could potentially uh, connect with with other with other guys who are maybe just have never been able to find what they're looking for. Yeah. And so I think that that will be sort of my focus. Like, how can I create what I've been looking for that I've never been able to find? Yeah. Yeah. And at the end of the day, like if you're authentic to yourself, there's bound to be like plenty other guys, like you said, that are, that have been looking for that like version that they can't find. Mm -hmm. So I, I'm excited to see what the fellas do next. I'm excited to see what you do next in menswear. Yeah. Well, you touched on this earlier about um, just kind of being, you didn't say like, I don't know what word you use to describe yourself in like, in how you get pulled into these like cycles of like, of, of, because your pieces will go viral because of who wears them. Right. And what people want. Right. Even just from like, even if it doesn't have to be a, like a famous person wearing something, it could just be like a photo yeah. that gets super viral, goes mm -hmm. all over Pinterest. Um, just as far as like for exposure, it could just be as simple as that. There's even like young teenage girls who thrift things from like from wherever, then they post on a Depop and then that photo will go so viral that like a random manufacturer will, will reproduce a garment based off of this like yeah. like teenage girl's photo yeah. and then use her photo from like her Instagram to sell. Whoa. Yeah, yeah, it's really. <laughs> oh my God. It's insane. Yeah. So it doesn't, it doesn't, but like, not, sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you, but it, it doesn't even take a famous person to like to to jumpstart that yeah. that fast fashion okay. cycle. Like it's it comes from any anywhere and everywhere. Well, it's like yeah. Well, the I feel like well this, the the piece has to be good enough. You know what I mean? Like I mean, great it can for be, it to to happen. It can be like an argyle mini vest, and it's just a cute. <laughs> okay, so. Yeah, it's just a cute photo of a girl and she's like wearing <laughs> tiny high-waisted jeans and like her face is mostly cropped out, but she it's like, "Oh, that's a cute little micro vest." And then some random shady manufacturer will take that photo and develop a style off of that photo and then sell it using that photo. Or like twelve dollars and ninety nine cents. Well, Emilio, like he had a question uh, earlier about your like when you when you're designing, like uh, do you do you kind of keep like the idea of like something's gonna pop really well online, like in the back of your head, or does it just come out naturally? I I do think subconsciously I am very into like kind of standing out in my own way. I always have been. I, I've never wanted to like look like everyone else. I've never, I've actually reveled in not like fitting in. 
So I think that when I'm designing, I'm keeping that in mind. Like I don't want my designs to fit in or to follow in any sort of way. I've always been like an anti-follower. When I'm designing, I'm I'm trying to keep in mind that like if it feels like you've seen it before, then that's not going to really excite people. And mm-hmm. so how do you do something that's objectively upset objectively exciting? Like I have to remove myself and my ego from what I'm doing so that what I'm putting out there is like at face value, like going to get people hyped. Cause it's not like, you know, when you have a friend and they're doing a project and they're really excited about it and then they show you and you're like, Oh yeah, that's nice. You know, like it's not, no one cares. You know what Uh I mean? Like it has to be objectively cool. It has to be objectively good. And, and it, I think it requires a certain amount of like market research. Like you have to have seen what people have seen to mm-hmm. understand like what's feels fresh. And so I spent 10 years as a styling assistant. And so I, I have had my finger on the pulse of fashion for, and then even sort of uh, 10 years before that, I was surrounded by th- the most beautiful girls growing up. So like I always wanted to be friends with like the prettiest girls. And so I saw what they were wearing for the Mm -hmm. past 10 years, you know? Mm -hmm. So it's like my idea of like what's cool and what's fresh is based off of knowing what, how women have been dressing for like quite some time. Mm -hmm. And so I'm able to kind of, I think off of that knowledge, I'm like, okay, well, where can we go next? That's going to feel, that's going to hit all of the the boxes, you know, how do I check every one of those boxes that's going to get some, that's going to be something that's going to be objectively exciting and desirable to my potential customer? Because I know her because I grew up with her. She's my friend or she's my friend's little sister. Or, you know what I mean? So it's like, I, I think that having that previous knowledge and plus with that objectivity that I'm I, I I make decisions that way what do you what do you struggle with or what are your biggest fears when it comes to to creating something or is it or, or fears just things you try to push away um that's a really good question I um well I I want people to feel considered um and included so something that i i i guess i something that i struggle with is is just wanting to i don't end up struggling with it at the end of the day because mm-hmm. i have a really amazing group of of women that i work with who are who just tell it like it is and i love surrounding myself with strong opinionated women so i am constantly sort i'm constantly having open conversations about what we're doing, how we're creating. I, the, whenever I'm fitting a garment, I mean, I'm a man, so I don't really get to try on my clothes. So whoever's wearing, not to say that you can't wear my clothes if you're a man, but they don't end up fitting me. Right. Yeah. Um, and so I defer to the woman who's in front of me when I ask her, how, how do you feel in this garment? How, how does this make you feel? Or is this comfortable? Should this be tighter? Should this be looser? And so I think that having that open communication with, um, the women around me as I'm developing my line is something that 
helps alleviate any sort of stress or fear that I have about something maybe not being good enough or not being right because I am actively listening to my customer in a way because some a lot of the women who work for the company are people who you know who would wear the clothes I, I I'm always asking whenever we're doing any sort of meeting about a product like okay who's buying this and I actually am a little bit stern about it because there have been times where you know if someone says oh yeah I like this and then when we release it I'm like hey so I noticed you didn't buy one but I <laughs> thought you really liked it you know what I mean like mm-hmm. not, I'm not saying my employees need to buy everything that they say that they like but there's something really powerful about like when you're giving your opinion on something creatively in a way that like you can really own it so if I say like oh I really like that we should do it that means that like I would spend my own money yeah on it you get what I'm saying like it's like if you really really if something's really that good then when it becomes available you would you You would absolutely want it but you can very easily say like oh yeah like I think that's great but if for something like a product like if you wouldn't actually like put your money towards it then like how do we know that anyone else would yeah you know Mm -hmm. so that's like a really important like sort of mindset that I've tried to cultivate like in the company it's like if you wouldn't buy it then don't stand behind it does that make sense oh absolutely yeah I mean like because at the end of the day if you really like it you're gonna like like if I like something I'm gonna find a way to to get it you know I'm gonna I'm going to want to spend my money on it. Well, imagine, imagine selling things you don't want, you know, like I think yeah. that's like the grossest way to like live in the world or like, like profit in the world, you know, like it's, that's. But I mean, a lot of creatives, they end up creating like sort of, and then dispersing their create, like the, 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 the byproduct of their creativity just ends up being thrown into a void. Cause mm. it's just like, there's no one to cons no one actually wants to consume what you're producing and it mm-hmm. doesn't have to be a product it can be art it could be music i think it's really important to be mindful like hopefully you're making things first and foremost for yourself but you mm-hmm. you really do have to keep in mind like who this is for like right. who is going to consume this you can make things for yourself but if it's a business yeah. for instance music is a business um if you're making music, it's like, well, would would you listen to your music if it wasn't your own music? Mm-hmm. Um, would you buy your design if if you hadn't made it? Would you buy your soap or would you use your? Would you listen skin? to your own? Would you podcast. listen to your podcast? <laughs> would you yeah. listen to your own podcast? No, I yeah. think that's a really important question to ask yourself as a creative. Yeah. Because if the answer is no, then like time to hang, hang it up, hang the mics up, time to hang it up. Right. No. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, no, you are. I yeah. don't think that I don't think that people always think of that. And I think that you should. I think it's like something unless you're the project is purely for you. If you're someone who's like, I want to like monetize or whatever. It's like yeah. if you wouldn't spend your money yeah. on your own product, why would you expect anyone else to? Right. Or I think like a, a, a lot of times people that do have it in mind, like they have it in mind in the start when the, when they're like beginning to like beginning to become a designer, beginning to like make music. And then along the way, you kind of like forget about it. I don't know. I kind of feel like with music, I've kind of been in. A, I've recently been thinking about that a lot where I'm like, OK, 
and, and, and what I'm working on, I'm like, I've completely have not been asking myself the question of whether this is something I like I actually enjoy as well. And I think you got you just got to find for people like that. It's like you got to find ways to to remember that and keep that in mind and like stay like find new ways to like to like stay mo- yeah, not motivated, just like I don't know, I guess. Yeah, like inspired to like follow that line of questioning yeah i think it's it's super crucial a lot of people ask me for advice like they they see the success of of the brand and they're like you know how is this how is this possible how do you how do you do this and and i i think a big part of it is that like is that objectivity and like that like removing yourself and your ego from something and and in order to like to to know that you're doing something that's like that's that feels good and and that's that's gonna really work and resonate like there has to be like there has to be like a way for you to um separate yourself from the art so that you can steer it in the direction that it needs to go in so that you don't get too stagnant or so that you don't so that you're not making something that like ultimately like you won't even end up liking it at the end. Mm-hmm. That's the worst part, right? Like if you don't even end up liking what you've created and then no one else likes it either, yeah. then yeah. you're just like, what What did I just spend yeah. my time doing? <laughs> guess I was just doing an exercise, you know, like. <laughs> I guess. And that's, yeah. that's, that's, I guess like that's. process sometimes. That's, that's, a, I guess that's a, that's a part of the process too. Um, I think, uh, I think I'm, I don't know. I think I, I, um. I can be kind of hard on myself in that way where like, I well, you want, want something to succeed, you know, it's like, but you want to be honest about what's, what's going to drive that. Right. I want to really like it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like I just, I want to feel really proud of, about it for, for, for me. And then I want to be proud of, of it when I, sh- when I share it with other people and, and, um, I guess maybe like I'm a, a people pleaser in that way. Um, but, yeah, I, I, I would hate to, um, I'd hate to compromise on something for the sake of thinking that it's going to be something that people are, are, there's a balance to it too. compromise and think that I'm doing something that people are going to like and make it for them and then forget myself. It's, it's just, it's the, it's the meeting, it's the meeting place of the two worlds of like, mm-hmm. what's for you and what's for who, whomever you're making something for finding that perfect balance. Yeah a delicate a delicate delicate balance what else did we talk about well we can open uh we can start with a new yeah we caught up we can start with a new segment uh due to the week (laughs) due to the week yeah yeah you can shout out somebody some maybe someone a person like either a friend or you could shout out someone that's on your mind it could be doesn't actually have to be a dude you know doesn't have to be a dude (laughs) open to interpretation yeah dude of the week Dude of the week. You, have, the you week. had a dude of the week. I right? had a dude of the week. Yeah. Um, Evan can start off. I'll to... start off. I'll start off with the dude of the week. Dude of the week. Oh God. Um, <laughs> I'm like mad that I put this person down. Uh, my note says uh, Trevor Noah for ba- oh. for bagging a baddie. <laughs> bagging a baddie. Oh wait, who's uh, he dating? Dua Lipa. Dua Lipa. Right. My man stepped out. He stepped off the the set of the Daily Show. Sure. Thank God. Um, <laughs> the show in decline because of him, and probably <laughs> we've just evolved past it. But um, talk yeah, he's, shows he's or fucking what? 
of all past talk shows oh, or, it's just or that, the that, daily that, show? Well, yeah, that form of like that comedy, political, cultural well, everything's commentary. Just like YouTube clips. Yeah. yeah. And like with the audience and the whole, ent- yeah, it's. Yeah, you could just do a TikTok. It, exactly. exactly. Yeah. yeah. Um, but uh, <laughs> look, I guess that's, that's, it's not an endorsement. Due to the week doesn't have to be an endorsement. You could yeah, literally true. just somebody that's been in the in the cultural zeitgeist in your head rent free, as they say. Um, in my head rent free. Um, Manu Rios. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, every time he posts on Instagram, I think Jesus. Um, yeah, you were saying um, off pod that uh, you don't know if you want to be with him or be be or him. Be him, yeah. Oh yeah, it's it's one of those kind of situations. It's inspire. It's inspiring to see someone sparkle like that. Yeah, for sure. It's like sometimes like I'll open up Instagram and he'll post a shortlist picture. The way, the way those abs light up. <laughs> well, no, and then I will just get out of bed and I'll go to the gym. Yeah. Okay. That's, that's like what's, what's the inspiring. fitness routine? What's the routine? Um. So I uh, I I have a, a trainer that I work out with on Zoom. Ooh. She's in Texas. Um. You know what? Maybe she's my Dewey. My my Dewey. yeah yeah yeah. Actually, yes, Kelsey. Kelsey, my trainer. Um. She is so committed to making sure that I work out and I will ghost her all the time. (laughs) And she still hits me up and is like, are you ready? Like, are we going to do this? And, um, she was, she's my best friend's trainer. Um, who, who she lives in Texas, her and her, her now husband live in Texas. And so, um, we started working out together during, uh, 2020 during Mm -hmm. the pandemic. And so I've been working out with her, I guess now for two years no, she's she's just awesome. It's it's funny. I've never met her before, but I've been working out with her for two wow. years. And what does she have uh, you do? She so I have a gym in my building, and so oh. um, we like I just I set her up like I lean her against my water bottle, and um, <laughs> she just tells me like what machine to use and how to use it. And so I get fatigued really easily. So I like to do different types of like exercises like in a row so mm-hmm. that I don't overdo it and i also like to talk a lot during my workout so that i can like regain my stamina like i i think i have pretty weak stamina so we so we'll 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 do maybe like right now i'm really focused on um on uh, chest and shoulders and arms like just upper body yeah. i have like a pretty naturally built lower body so yeah. um <laughs> <laughs> no, no. you know you don't want to be you know you don't want the opposite you know oh, yeah you like, don't want to be top heavy yeah <laughs> you, you ever see those guys that are just so unproportionate they got the chicken legs and you know i'd rather yeah. be all legs no no top <laughs> yeah, I am. Um, I'm grateful for sure. Yeah, I I do feel similarly. Mm-hmm. I think it's, it's. I think it's really hard to build your your like calves. Isn't it, it? Yeah, yeah, it is. It is. I, I was really like I had I had pretty like built legs because I played soccer all growing up, and then when I stopped and it went all away, it was I've, I found that it was very hard to to build those muscles up. I mean, it's just you have to be so like. It's the things you have to do are so specific and like like it's not fun, you know. Yeah, like it's yeah, you, uh, to, like, you can walk on your toes, yeah. toes, yeah, all the time. Yeah. Maybe it's that'll help. I used to walk. I used to walk around my house to be toed. Did you have any like arch issues because of that? No, I know I a friend. A great arch though. Whoa, damn! Look yeah. at that. My man knows point. Do you ever do dance? Do you ever do dance? Been a ballerina. Should have been. Yeah, yeah, that was yeah. Yeah, it's a damn shame. It's never too late. Your um, center stage moment. You ever seen that movie? No, I haven't. 
Okay, we'll talk about it later. Off pod, off pod. Movie night. Uh, okay, so shout out to Kelsey. Shout out to yeah, Kelsey. Well, Kelsey. speaking of trying to get the body right, trying to get our skin right, fucking trying to, well, for you and me, Emilio, trying to understand, well, it seems like Marcelo knows what women want. But yeah. <laughs> I like what to a, think I do. I don't want to mm-hmm. come across as like a know it all, but right. I feel really good about it. Yeah, mm-hmm. no, I we I mean they're we don't know what they want. We don't know Wait, what they want. <laughs> Where is this going? This is going yeah, to our segment, Dewey Dates. Dewey Dates. Dewey Dates. And we're gonna we were talking about this earlier about the idea of a break. Yeah. We can either revisit that. We're gonna revisit Let's break. revisit that because it is an interesting thing because right now in 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 everyone's uh, collective internet mind, lots of cheating going on. A lot of a lot of uh, open open relationship shit. But nobody is really doing, as Emily Sundberg pointed out on Twitter. No one is. She said breaks fell off, and so I wanted to approach the topic and ask you, Marcelo, have you ever done a break? Yes, I have done a break and it is in my most humble opinion that a break is a very healthy and sweet and soft way to uh, launch into a breakup <laughs> and dive head first. Dive. <laughs> well, you dip your toe into you dip it your really. Toe and then, yeah. yeah and you're dipping your toe into you, you, the breakup. <laughs> Um, and you're just taking you lead the horse to water. <laughs> yeah, it um, it uh, <laughs> you slaughter it. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, continue. Um, yeah, I think it's 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 um, it's just a way to potentially help um, soften the blow of a breakup, and so um, we both get to kind of see what it'll be mm-hmm. like to not have one another. And then um, hopefully with that experience, we're able to build the courage um, and the confidence to say, okay, it is really time to end this relationship. But I think that it's like, I would say like nine times out of 10, like it's just like a way to like give you time to prepare to break up. Yeah. Well, do you like, do you think with that being said, do you think if two people are trying to, trying to go on a break, well, I mean, let's be real here. It's more than likely it's usually one person that wants to that's proposing the break, you know? Yo, I want to open this up. If it's two people proposing the break, <laughs> then they're probably ready to break up, right? So yeah. do you think like you should go into it like with that in mind, like, hey, let's your people just be radically open about it. Let's see if maybe this isn't right, you know? Because inevitably if you if you propose a break, the other person's gonna like be wondering whether it's actually a breakup, right? It depends on the reason for said break, mm-hmm. you know, but um I need to grind. I need to collect my thoughts after what you just did to me. Sorry, that was a little dark. Damn, what happened? No, no, all right, all right. I was uh, No, nothing, he's good. It's not personal. Um yeah, I think it depends, but for the most part, if one person is is like sort of the the person who really wants the break and the other mm-hmm. person is like not really as into the break i think as the person who's not really into the break before agreeing to the break it's so important to truly understand 
the reason why mm-hmm. and like really digest the reason why the other person wants the break because depending on the reason it could be your sign to start like detaching and and mm-hmm. working Oof. and pro- like starting to process as if you're being broken up with yeah and start to like really rationalize it because as i've gotten older i've i've realized like there really is a lot of people stay in relationships because of for security purposes and comfort purposes. Oh yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, and so what does that say about you? If, if you're in a staying in a relationship because it feels comfortable, it means that you have an insecurity issue. And so well, then you need to then now work on your insecurities. And -hmm. if you get to a place where you're super secure with yourself, you probably would already see it coming right because you're so secure you're not quite you're not asking like you're not asking stupid questions you're asking the right questions you're aware of the situation and and so if it's really not working it 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 does unless someone's like meant like completely like just mentally unstable or is potentially like a psychopath like or a liar <laughs> mm-hmm. like it should always be pretty clear like if the relationship is like good or yeah. bad yeah absolutely like yeah. it sh- it shouldn't be like a mystery <laughs> and i think that a lot of um so like right now dating is is interesting with social media it's so easy to be with the dms like i think with infidelity like we've seen mm-hmm. with with adam levine and mm-hmm. that meme format with the dms screaming like, infidelities dashboard, dashboard again part yeah. two. <laughs> um it's really easy to um to to, to create uh, a, a relationship with someone through social media. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and it, it's, it's so easy to pick someone up just discreetly, you know, you have vanish mode. Yep. On, oh, yeah. On, I've never used that. that. But Wait, you've, you've, you've never used it. I've never used okay, it. But yeah. it's, it's like accidentally. I've accidentally yeah. It, yeah. But people yeah. are, could you, it's, there's a whole, there are features, Snapchat. Like there are, there are apps that are like, you're, kind so, of, you're on Snapchat. I'm not on Snapchat, but I mean, I'm not a teenager. Um, not <laughs> in high school. Like, or like, um, yeah, I'm not a teenager buying weed. Like. <laughs> um, uh, but there are these apps are set up really well to protect you as a as a and your communications and right. make them like really mm-hmm. discreet. And I mean, I personally have never had any reason to have like a discreet interaction with someone, especially in a relationship, because I'm a, a super like loyal and faithful person. But um, yeah it's almost as if like the internet in some ways is getting rid of the likes page yeah. on Instagram. Oh, it's yeah. like, it's almost catering to uh, an audience or to a consumer who's able to, to use the, um, the, 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 discreetness mm-hmm. of these sure. apps um, to connect with people outside of their relationships, which is, if it's not previously discussed is, is infidelity and is mm-hmm. really inappropriate. So it's like, I think that we're in some ways like a, a victim of how social media has been set up to allow for infidelity to be, um, not only like easy, but also quite like thoughtless yeah. You send like a sexy DM to someone yeah. like who isn't your significant other, like, but you did it from your bed. 
Like yeah. it was yeah. so easy for you to to for you to to in the morning to cheat. You know, like yeah. it's it's just that easy. It's it used to be a little a little bit harder. Well, you have to get a motel. Well, don't you think that's <laughs> yeah. why that? Um, not because uh, Instagram is keeping the cheater in mind, but like people are realizing that when they're is like not just I won't say the word paper trail, but like when you with receipts, right? Receipts of like uh, online behavior actions that literally took no thought process at all. Even mm -hmm. if you know, I'm not trying to to say the guy who's going through some who's who's wifed up going to some influencers page that he knows and like liking all of her photos. Like it's very very sus, but it's like it, it's different than that's so much easier for him to do because he's just a, a horny moron than going and like actually seeking out like a relationship with this person and seeing him in life. You know? Yeah. Yeah. It's so, e it's, it's so easy to let someone know it's on. All you got to do is like a few pictures in a row <laughs> and you know what I mean? That's it. All you did was double tap. Yeah. Whereas, yeah. whereas, but that's like know, that for some people that's like, that's like cheating. No way. And it's, and it's on. Yeah. And it's like they so you you like a picture, they then like they back. like one back, and uh, then you go back and like another one. Oh, it's on! You're like full on. You've bought like two drinks for that person. You're rubbing <laughs> their leg. You know that's like that's how yeah. on it is. Yeah. Um, and, and it was so easy. It was so it was it was too it was too easy. Too easy. Whereas you know, uh, fifteen twenty years ago, you would have to go out to the bar and buy yeah. him an apartment. Uh, yo dude i mean all right no yeah i mean it's times like, are tough when you can't have a second family <laughs> <laughs> i mean yeah so it, it's so i i'm i guess i'm not surprised that we're here right like yeah. We, yeah we've set up technology has set us up in such a way that that you're able to to and 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 with the options like on the online oh, dating sites God. like i have so i have so many like I'm single right now, so I have a uh, I have Hinge and and I use Grinder too. And like with Hinge, like I if I open it right now, I've got like I don't know like a couple hundred matches and of people I've never spoken to. Yeah. Like we just match or like they message me and I just look at that look at the profile and again. Yeah. I'm like I'm not that interested mm -hmm. or you know whatever. And it's like, just that easy. There's just that many people just like right at your fingertips that it's almost like someone you match with someone they send you a like a lovely message i get like every once in a while i'll get a really nice thoughtful message right and i look at it and i'm like Meh. yeah you know what i mean like it's you just got binders of metal yeah. Yeah. exactly exactly and yeah. it's and it's and, and yet i'm here i am single you, you know feel like, like so, desensitized to by it too 100%. i feel like in the same what? way like yeah. having especially in new york so you can't speak to like somebody who like lives where there isn't a huge pool of people. I mean, yeah. you know everyone. Yeah. You match with everyone and it's yeah. like all like 30 single people in your town and then you're yeah. done. Yeah, and that yeah. can be really demoralizing too. You're like, oh God, am I ever going to find someone? So I can't speak to like that experience, or, but like just just having... The perpetual dating in New York, like... Yeah, and just having the very just like very two-dimensional mm -hmm. um, impression of someone and uh, like million, like thousands of people. Yeah. Like... And you're not, you're never like able to read between like the lines of your interactions other than them being online or mm -hmm. like knowing that there's somebody else out there. And so you, it honestly, it just feels more objectified than ever. And yeah. I feel like, I don't know. I feel like in some ways, especially I feel like in, like in hetero relationships, especially in New York, it really like in, 
I don't know, kind of weirdly incentivizes like like men to like I don't know, think they can just like go and date better or like move on to the next. Yeah, well, it's just like the yeah the grass is always greener and it's like it's never ending. It's never ending because you because you're constantly like seeing and also if you're on dating apps like an endless pool of people literally go on forever uh, yeah every day there's a new a new a new batch. transplant yeah there's <laughs> a new batch. there's a new every day there's a new batch of matches and yeah. it's like you can <laughs> where go are on these a, people coming from yeah <laughs> yeah and it, but like, just the way that the algorithm's set up and so you open you let's for some more you go yeah. on a you go on let's say you go on a date with someone and it's pretty good date it, love doesn't always happen at first sight or, or right away. You can end up meeting someone. And then if you meet someone in a more, in a more traditional sense, like let's say you become part of a friend's mm-hmm. come part of a friend's group and yeah. there's, you're a single guy and there's a single gal or, you know, whatever you are mm. and you end up seeing each other this weekend and then you see them the next weekend. And then maybe like during the week at like these group hangouts and then mm-hmm. you're able to like, maybe not right away. You're not like, so into that person but then maybe there's one sort of kind of moment where you see something in that person and then yeah. it starts to like well, a, a light and it's on it's and then on. you've got this all this accountability because like you're not going to be flaky to like yeah. your friend's friend you know so there's all this accountability and i those kinds of situations are there's way more respect built in yeah whereas with you know you go on a date with someone, you have that same exact rapport that you did with that person in your, in your group. Right. But then there's no like real incentive to like keep moving forward. It's like, Mm -hmm. I didn't end up feeling like a crazy spark or Mm -hmm. even if I did feel something, I got home and like some fucking hot as fuck person just messaged me and now i've already completely forgotten about the person who i had a a totally lovely time with that like you could end up having a way deeper connection with if you only ended up knowing that like their favorite tv show was your also your favorite tv show when you were six years old and that could end up like opening a whole other you know bunch of things that you have in common but you wouldn't you won't know you don't know until you open all those doors and Mm -hmm. that can take like a takes maybe more than one or two dates to figure out that actually like you guys have the exact same like there's so many stars aligned but you don't you don't get to know that because you don't even end up giving that person past the first or second date mm-hmm. and you have no obligation to continue communication with them yeah. because you, they're a complete stranger and you have, you'll never, you're not going to run into them at a right. party or anything. So, and I, and I feel like people like they're, they like are weirdly finally accepting the, uh, the reciprocal, uh, discarding of like, yeah. Of new people that enter your life. They're like, all right, well, Time. like not even just through ghosting, but it's kind of like, well, yeah, like you're saying, you have no like mutual mutuals around you. You guys haven't had like even a little bit of a courtship. You're, they were literally just like the IRL version of of what they showed up on their phone. And to to you, they're like, oh, like if we just go our separate ways, there's less accountability. It's, if if it's when you're know. dating a when you're dating a friend's friend, mm-hmm. if you like if you start to act shitty, like at least you're gonna like hear something about it. Like oh for sure, you know, like yeah. there's like there are consequences. Actually, it's like well, sorry, you were a fucking asshole to my friend, so and she's gonna be at my thing, so like you can't come. Mm-hmm. You know, there's yeah. like actual like there's 
there's consequences. There's no consequences for being, um, for doing anything. So even if you're, even if you're more so than just kind of ghosting, which is kind of whatever, but like, if you're kind of, even if you do something kind of rude, like, yeah. or if you, if you, you know, if you do something kind of fucked up, there's no like real accountability there. Um, so I, uh, I think that dating, especially with online dating, it's the wild, wild motherfucking mm-hmm. West. You know, but the thing is also, well, maybe there is some accountability. Maybe you might see yourself show up on TikTok. Oh my God. Uh, Wait, uh, that's a green screen. That's, yeah. That's, <laughs> that's, that's you. That's like a really new. Yeah. And I kind of like it. Oh, I like kind of like it. I like that you like it. No, I yeah. like it. I think if someone is being a, if someone's like a serial psychopath yeah. in like the dating world, like yeah. that there was a, there's been more than one now, or there's like a couple yeah. of psychos there's getting like, like really weird nuanced takes about like, I just know about the West Elm Caleb. That's the, only Oh one yes, I know that about. guy. Right. And yeah, there should be like a. This is the Wow Wow West, and this is our. A, a, this is our equivalent to putting a wanted sign. Wanted, like <laughs> psycho serial dater who's gonna come into your life and fuck it up. Like yeah. women should. That was a great warning because he was like kind of fucking people's lives up, right? So, uh, or was I, he? I didn't know. Oh, I, oh, I'm confusing him with the guy with the the embezzle, the one with the. Yeah, money. you're confused. Yeah, no, West oh, okay. Caleb. He just had a. Uh, he just had like some like copy pasta stuff that he would just send out to. Women. I actually don't know the full story, but there was a very, very polarizing takes on his behavior to the point where it's just, it's probably somewhere in the middle, you know? Yeah. But, um, but yeah, no, I know what you're talking about. You're talking about the Tinder swindler. The oh, Tinder, the Tinder swindler. swindler. Yeah. yeah. He was breaking the law. Oh, he was, he was doing. West M. Caleb was just breaking hearts. He was breaking yeah. hearts. Which is not illegal. It's, it's not illegal. It's also kind of like, I don't know, do- <laughs> doxing people. I just, I'm not for doxing people unless like they re- like do very serious harm to someone you know mm. um but wow wow what a great first segment of dewey dates dewey dates um more to more to come oh was that the first one yeah well yeah we're, yeah, well, right. yeah that was the first one you're our first dewey dates and we're still trying to figure it out it's like should we people call in and you know everyone does a little love line thing but like our audience if they actually have some like love woes we'd like to ask our guests about what they think and usually it's fun to ask our guests you know, whether they be single or they're in like a really committed relationship, you know, everyone has a, has a story as it relates to dating and getting a glow off before you go on that date. So dating and skincare. People, yeah, no, people want to connect on that level really very, very intensely. I noticed because I once posted on, I'm very like transparent and open with my following on my business account, actually. Like I will sometimes treat it like a personal account and um, I mentioned in like an ask me that I had recently like ended a five year relationship and, um, and then I started getting inundated with relationship advice. Oh, whoa. Okay. Like, how do you know when he's not the one? Mm. And I was like, whoa, like this is still like, you know, a fashion women's clothing <laughs> brand. Right. But like it, I, that I, it's, that's not beneath you. Yo, me, if like, he's to not do, buying like, you beer play. <laughs> no. no, 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 no. Yeah. <laughs> no, but it was, it was interesting to me. As soon as I opened the door to it by talking yeah. about my own love life, people were like busting yeah. in. They were like, no, no, no. Okay. Wait. So tell me more what's going busting. on. Um, mm-hmm. Which, uh, so I think that, you know, we all have questions and we all want to talk about and that stuff. So know. I'm, I'm very into um, Dewey dates. We all know. Dewey we all want to connect. Hell yeah. I'd love to hear that. What's next? Should Do we, we just, rude? No, let's uh, 
Fuck Skip Dewey that. Rude. Fuck Dewey Rude. We're not rude up in here. Yeah, I know. I kind of shut that down. So. Yeah. No, but well, also, okay. uh, no, we've been hardly oh. ever do we. What? Go ahead. You'll hardly what? Hardly ever do we actually end up truly doing Dewey Rude. Also, I think Evan and I have been talking about this a lot lately. Like, I'm trying to, I'm trying to be more. Not that I was like an uncompassionate. I'm just trying to have more compassion. Yeah. Trying uh, to love up on some people. Yeah, just trying to like, if if I don't know, if anyone ever has like an attitude, someone I don't know, an attitude with me or something. Like, I got to remember that maybe they're going through something yeah. today, or like their Absolutely. attitude's not like. It's not directed towards me. It's just because of like. All right. That well, you two can be it's, sweeties. It's, I'll it's be petty. Yeah. It's Dewey. It's, <laughs> okay, yeah. It's, bounce us out here. Dewey sweeties, I guess. Dewey, Dewey sweeties. Dewey sweeties. Um, yeah. But actually, I, you guys asked me about it, and, and I and I realized that I had something that I wanted to talk about. Oh, okay. oh yeah. Dewey right, rude. Yeah. Let's go. And it, it's 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 more so about because um, you were asking about like haters and stuff like that, and I realized um, now like kind of having. Like, developed a platform and 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 seeing like what it's like to be somewhat in like the public eye of the internet that um people seem to really enjoy they they seem to be searching for that aha moment where they're like i caught you you're an like you're secretly a bad person and so um like it like a cancel like a cancellation story like their people are are looking to find a way to cancel someone and so i guess the reason why i wanted to bring it up is because i think that we need to ask why that is Mm -hmm. like why do people want to find the worst in people or why are they looking for that in people that's a really interesting question that i'd never actually thought about with this whole phenomenon Phenomenon. (laughs) yeah (laughs) well i mean there's some like i think i think it depends on who the the target is because i am very like anti like cancel culture i am very it's just kind of like what are you actually doing it's like like and depending and like I guess if it's someone in like your immediate community who's doing something like horrible like sure yeah, yeah call them out call them in whatever but like I think when it comes to somebody having amount of like rising you yeah. know in in terms of their career or in like their visibility or like just having a lot of success um I think I think it, it, it is a really really a simple explanation of just very just resentment and jealousy well, yeah, they're trying to cancel Michaela Naguera from from TikTok. Did you guys see that? We are so not on TikTok, yeah, but I don't go off into it. Well, I mean, she does right. I, as far as Dewey Dudes is concerned, she is the top beauty TikToker. She's oh. the one who's got the Boston accent. Okay, I think I know what you're talking yeah. about. So and wait, so what does she do? Well, allegedly. She, well, she there is a sound bite from one of her TikToks where she's like, "Try being an influencer." like for a day you'll see how hard it is she's like it's 5 17 and i just finished work <laughs> yeah Try, like you know uh-huh. it's like yeah. it's it's basically kind of like you know you try walking a day in my in my shoes sure and um people found that to be really upsetting and insensitive because you know as we know being an influencer is while it may be a lot of work it could never compare to um you know the jobs that the vast majority of people mm-hmm. have right. to take on to survive in our capitalist society. Yeah. Um, but there has just been this 
huge backlash. She hasn't posted in a long time. She posts usually like a couple of times a day. Wow. Because she's like in hiding because there's <laughs> the people have because the people come out with the pitch she's the pitchforks. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's just it, that is weird. That's it seems such like a really innocent thing to say i mean i understand it's probably she's like she's like a young she's like a young girl who's like finding herself confidence yeah it's like, also it's yeah. like you are your universe you are your experience and so it's like it's like if that if someone's telling you that you're like your life isn't hard despite your like privileges and i'm not even talking about like on a bit like an identity like line but like just on just like the amount of mental energy it takes for this probably woman to like wake up every day and do this thing that was probably really fun at one time and then she's fallen into and then she mm-hmm. has this thing where everyone's saying you have to keep going 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 you have to build because we're always taught you need to be building you need to be building hey, if you're not monetizing more, who the more, fuck more. are you and so it's like the pressure of that and sure yeah it's a little like out of out of turn to just kind of say that out loud and i mean but it, it's not like she's like actively trying to minimize like the working experiences of everyday yeah. people. She just like she doesn't even. Yeah. I don't know what I have to go through. <laughs> yeah, and yeah, and yet, uh, yeah, and yet, people got they got their like. I can't believe we're there. Got excited, you know, like they're they're super excited. Like finally, like she's basically the queen of beauty TikTok, right? Yeah. Um, and so they're like they, to see someone see to see a downfall is is I mean there used to be audiences at the guillotine. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's in our, I guess it's in our nature to watch. To, to watch a takedown, to watch right. a good old Blair Waldorf takedown. <laughs> <laughs> well, I feel like it's also too, maybe it's like subconsciously everyone's like, because there aren't a lot of like equalizers like in our society. Right. The idea of like being able to witness some kind of justice. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, And like bringing someone down to their level again. It's like, oh, Mm -hmm. you thought you could, you thought you could lift, you could leave the the riffraff. No, Mm -hmm. you can't. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You're just like us. And I don't know. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Icarus flying too close to the sun. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I don't know. Um, Yeah. That's what I'm just impressed because I know on TikTok, like a lot of, a lot of, issues and topics are raised and i mean i know like age gap discourse is going like is always on mm. tiktok oh like, like in dating in dating yeah like i know what are other issues that people talk about where they're really they're really like which i understand like i empathize with why people are so like vigilant with with calling people out on these things because they probably had their own traumas in their own life mm. i understand it but it's that's i'm just why like that's wild that they're Cause remember, didn't Kim Kardashian say some shit? She was like, you yeah, better fucking yeah, work. Yeah, yeah. She said people don't want to work oh, these yeah. days. Well, yeah, well, the thing is, it's funny because it's like, I, she's not wrong. And the thing is, it's like, no one's asking why. And it's just because it's like, we, people don't want to work anymore. And it's like, and she, I guess in the way she was saying that, she was saying like, y'all are losers for not wanting to work anymore. But like. Well, we don't know how she was saying it, right? That's true. Yeah, Yeah, we don't. I think, like, there's got to be a way for us to have have conversations and engage in discourse in a way that is just, like, more respectful and less, more about, like, exchanging opinions and less about, like, trying to destroy someone's humanity and, like, completely decimate them Um, because I've been like a victim to it myself of just like people like going 
crazy about like something I said or their reaction to something that I've done. And it's really interesting to, to watch the whole thing play out because I've actually had the experience of, of communicating with, you know, some of these people who are like are complete strangers to me that are angry with me. And then I had this one instance where I was messaging with this person and I kind of got them to like see the light and they were like, man, thanks so much for like talking to me. Like, I guess I just was pretty upset about this. Something that had nothing to do with me. Like they're like, I just (laughs) broke, I just got broken up with and blah, you know, blah, blah. blah. And I'm like, what the fuck? Yeah. <laughs> like, that's why you came after me, a complete stranger, because of <laughs> shit in your life. Like, right. should you yeah. consider, like, therapy? Like, they just wanted a dialogue with someone. They also they they, just want to talk. They just want to talk. And they also want to be like, oh, I want you to hear what I have to say. And the they want to be heard. And then, mm-hmm. I don't know. I think it's, I think, I think call out culture is really, really like, don't embarrass yourself. Come on. I don't know. That's how I feel about it. I don't think that people find it embarrassing. I think it's like really empowering and yeah. for them when they get to have like their hot take on something. And so for sure. that's, that's what I wanted to say in, in Dewey Root is that, is that let us like not let us like move away from that. Hell yeah. Well then Very let's well close said. off the, the, the show. Do we do's and don'ts. The do we do's and don'ts. Uh, what are we doing? What are Pretty we self yeah, what, what should we do? What we sh- what should we not things do? Things we should we should abide by anything, Marcelo. It could be um, or just simple. Well, I we can we can we can kind of we can sum it up. I, I would say do we do's and don'ts. We sh- you you should be honest with yourself and and who you are and who you want to be. And in if you're a creative in in being open to the feedback that people give you and um, and being as objective as you can about your art so that you can make even better art. Um, and then um, what you shouldn't do is you shouldn't dox people. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> <laughs> do we don't? Do we don't. Um, do not use P50 if you're going to be in the sun a lot. True. Um do use sunscreen on your eyebrows after you get them um, oh. microbladed, <laughs> um, but only ten uh, uh, only ten days after. Um, sorry, this has no context. No, but that's no, how the, that's, that's how, how you do, do this it, you segment. Know, do. You know, we could literally say, "Do we don't settle for the dupes? Put it on the card." Do we do the- <laughs> go try to see a film at the 60th <gasps> annual New York Film Festival that's going on that's uh, beginning tonight? Do we do go see a movie by yourself and yes. and let your phone die? I do that. I'll, I, I'll often leave my phone and go see a movie at Lincoln Film Center. Do, um, we, do we do? Uh, don't be spreading rumors. What else have I? <laughs> do we do we do soak in the shorts and hoodie season that we have for like before two it's, before it's over three days? Um, do we do stretch? Yeah. Do we do stretch? Yeah. That's a Get those hip flexors. Get that mobility up. Do we don't assume the worst in people? True. Do we do approach the conversation about maybe having a break? If you don't really want to break up quite, you're not quite there, 
but you know you're going to eventually do it. Yeah, do we do we do use a break? <laughs> Don't do that. Do we do use a break as a soft launch? There you into go. Our there you go. Yeah, the soft yeah. departure. Yeah, the soft There's departure. No, yeah, there should be no guilt or shame about about using that as a crutch. Um, do we do call your mom? Do we do look into a humidifier as we're entering these winter months? Oh, that's good. Mm-hmm. That's really good. Yeah. Do we do consider how the weather? should affect how you transition your skincare for yeah. for seasonal reasons. I transition from a cream to an emulsion mm. um, when I go from season to season because I think that one is better for summer and one is better yeah. for winter. Skincare oh. king. Do we do go like and subscribe? <laughs> um <laughs> Well, well, yeah. All right. Well, okay. let's, let's let's plug Marcelo yeah. right now. Yeah, do we do go check out Marcelo's IG? Also, keep tabs on what Mirapale is doing because, as everyone knows now, we know hottest brand in New York, Hot, hottest brand it, on online too. But now outside of New York, outside of New York, hottest hottest brand everywhere. Wow. We have one more. Okay. Go for it. Do we do? Yeah. Check that you're still recording when you're. Oh my <laughs> god! Yeah, I got it. Do we do uh, clean up your MacBook every once in a while? Consider <laughs> consider throwing a bunch of those random files onto an external hard drive so you don't run out of storage. Wait, are we? Yeah, we're good. Okay, okay. Do we do jumped up to make sure? God, I'm like, ugh, that and, was and, such and, a fucking you know, demoralizing we, moment. I was like, oh, I'm. We I'm, made it through. Yeah. We do it. we do uh, you know, uh, be patient. Allow for mistakes. Always. Yeah. Don't be afraid to try again. (laughs) Don't be afraid afraid to record again. again. Yeah. Yes. Do we do always be the best version of yourself so that in retrospect, when you look back, you feel 100% proud of everything you've done and said. You feel no regret that way. Marcelo. Dave, that's the the mere Palais mindset right there. That's great. Yeah. Thank you so much for coming on. Thank you for Thank you so me. much for doing doing four hours of, <laughs> of, <laughs> <Yo>. of podcasting. <laughs> uh, one for the books, definitely. One for the books. This has been episode 98. Oh, 98, no, 91. 90, 91. Oh, 91, right. 91. 91. Damn, wish it was 90. I was born in 1990. Mm. We, well, could until, one. we could delete one. What? We could delete one. Yeah, let's get rid of one. Oh, yeah. Well, until next time, everyone, this is Dewey Dudes. Yeah.